As a community, First Baptist Belton exists for the purpose of knowing Jesus intimately, serving Jesus passionately, and sharing Jesus globally. Come join us on Sundays at one of our worship services at 8.30 or 11 a.m. and for Bible study at 9.45. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your faith in God. Will you bow with me as we do each Sunday morning? There is a beautiful verse in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. We must do that. Our Heavenly Father, we realize we live in a difficult and challenging time. There's so many questions about the future and aspects of our lives and health. But you've given us this special day that we can come and be thankful for the blessings that we have. You're at work in our lives. You're protecting us. You're our Savior. You're greater than a than COVID. You're greater than any challenge, and we know that. And our Father, thanking you will bring peace into our hearts and into our lives. Thanking you will help us keep our perspective on what is important and what is not important. Thanking you should be not just this week, not just on Thursday, but it should be every day of our lives. And so I pray that this morning in this season of Thanksgiving, we will pause And we'll count those blessings, and we will express them to you faithfully. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I see some of you are back again. Thank you. This is the fourth Sunday that I've been assigned to preach for you. I have one more, so you just have this week and next week. And then our wonderful church staff is going to take over during the month of December And you'll be hearing from them, and the messages they will bring will bless your hearts. But so far in in this month, we started out as we think of the importance of seeking God first before we seek anything else or a new pastor. We need to be the people God wants us to be. And we, we talked about seeking seeking God when we face those impossible walls that only He can break down. The second week... I shared with you the importance of seeking God through His Word. That's one lasting truth. Last week, I spoke with you about seeking godliness in our lives as the way to live. That's the only way we can have success and that we can can do what is right. And today, partly because of the the season as it, it is, I wanted to share with you about seeking thankfulness to God every day. Not just this week. Not just right now, but every day, and we do have many things to be thankful for. I I read a story recently about a a mother with her children. She was a homeschooling mother, and she used every moment she had to try to help her children learn life lessons. And they were in the car together, and she was talking to them, and being children as they are, sometimes they didn't get along right. Well, they would complain about things and disagree, and she decided to tell them about thankfulness. And she quoted First Thessalonians 5.18 from memory to her children. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. And as she finished sharing that verse with them, she drove up to the car wash, because it was time to get the car washed, and she made her selection and drove forward and rolled her window up and took her place in the car wash. And being electronic windows, as they are, suddenly her window went all the way down. And working that lever 
Nothing would work. She could not get the window back up, and here came the wash. First there was the pre-wash. Then there was the soap. After the soap came the blasting wash with the brushes on the sides. And then eventually the final wash. When the green light came on and she drove out of that car wash, all the makeup on this side of her face was completely gone. And all the makeup on this side of her face was streaming down and running onto her clothing. Her hair was matted down. She was soaked to the bone, and from the back seat came a voice. So, Mom, what are you thankful for right now? (laughs) And after a moment, she gritted her teeth, and she said, I'm thankful I didn't choose the the wax selection also. (laughs) Now, you've heard that joke probably, and you... Isn't that your horror when you drive up to the car wash that that window will do that? You're going to be nervous the next time you go. I'm sorry for that. All right, we need to recognize that, yes, there needs to be thankfulness in our lives every day in every situation. This morning we're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. And as we read these verses together, I want us to think about this call to thankfulness and how it impacts our lives, and we will do that. So if you are ready, let's stand together briefly for the reading of God's Word at this moment. Paul wrote and said, Rejoice in the Lord always again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all people, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and pleading with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Wonderful words for us today. Thank you. If you would be seated. I believe that a spirit of thankfulness is one of the strongest witnesses you and I can have as Christians. If we're thankful and gentle people in the way we deal with the world, others will notice that. Unfortunately, thankfulness is not very natural. And you say, well, Randy, I disagree. I'm thankful all the time. Well, when you think about children, young children, they have to be taught to say thank you and to share. We understand that in young children. We come selfish in this life. Have you ever noticed that old trick? I learned it a long time ago. If you have two kids and one bar of candy and you want to somehow get it divided where they're both happy, do you know how hard that is? How many of you know the trick? What to do? Raise your hand. Oh, good. Not everybody knows. I'm going to give you something in a sermon some of you don't know. You let one of the children break the candy bar and the other one choose which piece. Then you get fairness and to some degree happiness and thankfulness. We don't come by it naturally. It's a hard thing. Human nature is is just that way. We tend to focus on ourselves rather than the goodness of God. Now, why do I say that? Let's think about Adam and Eve. There they were in the Garden of Eden, and God provided everything they could possibly want. 
They were at peace with God. They were at peace with the world. They had food. They had all the trees in the garden except for one, and they could eat the fruit of those trees. But they took it for granted rather than being thankful. And when Satan slipped in, and he began to plant doubts, and he began to give them some dark lies about the Father cheating them out of something. Suddenly they just saw that that prohibition against eating the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil was a wrong that they were suffering. That somehow God was not doing the right thing and they deserved something more. They forgot. They had been wonderfully made in God's image. They had been wonderfully blessed. They had everything. And yet suddenly they began to listen to the wrong voice. And their minds became darkened and they sinned. And it spread to everyone. Had they been totally thankful for everything they had in that garden and focused on that, they could have avoided that. In Romans 1, 21, it speaks what happens to people in that natural, unredeemed state. They fail to seek the reality and the majesty and the goodness of God. And it speaks of those people who refuse that wonderful blessing that God has given. It says, and they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. When we're not thankful for the God of creation and his son, Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit and how he has given us so much through the sacrifice of his son in the resurrection, then our minds get darkened and we get led away from the truth so easily. Yet thankfulness is a protection. There's a beautiful story that I hope you will go home and read for yourselves later because we're not going to read it. In Acts chapter 4, it tells the story of Peter and John encountering a man who had been crippled from birth. Through God's power, this man was healed. But out of that, Peter and John were arrested because of the timing of this. And they were challenged, said, don't do this anymore. And Peter and John said, we will not stop preaching the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Now, they were thrown in jail, but then they were released, and nothing was done to them. Have you ever wondered why? Why did the authorities let them go? It tells us in verse 21, the authorities, when they had threatened them further, they let them go, finding no basis on which to punish them on account of the people, because they were glorifying God for what had happened. When the people saw that man healed and knew it was a true healing, they were thanking God. And because of the power of all of these people together, the authorities released Peter and John. Isn't that an amazing thing that these people were doing that? Two things had happened. The man was healed. And Peter and John were witnessing about Christ. That's something to be thankful for. God is glorified. God is glorified when our lives and our faith and our thankfulness drives the dark away. Have you ever been depressed? You know what it's like when there's an awful lot on your shoulders and it's the middle of the night and it's dark. It can seem like morning will never come. It will seem like your mind cannot be taken off those things. But if we practice the discipline of thanking God for his presence in our lives, he can bring that light into us and let us go back to sleep. 
glorifying God is thankfulness, and that's what we're to do. It says in First Chronicles six four thirty four, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His loving kindness is everlasting. In the time of COVID, in the time of everything that's going on, we still have much to be thankful for, and I challenge us to do it in these days. Did you know that that verse I just read to you out of First Chronicles 16.34 is repeated five times in the book of Psalms, word for word, and once in the book of Jeremiah? It's there all those times, over and over and over again. It says we should be thankful. We should be more thankful for God and for one another than we are for our material blessings. It's people who bring the real blessings into our lives. And we should be doing that right now. Let me ask you, not just this Thursday, but have you already started expressing thanks to people that have blessed your life in, in this month? Well, if not, this is the part of my sermon today. When you go home, think of somebody today that God has used to bless your life and give them a text or give them a call. Or if you can't do that right now, just pray a prayer. Is there someone who has blessed your life in the past and they're no longer on this earth, then you know who you can thank for that. You can thank God and you can take time today. I think it's more than just saying, okay, on Thursday, because Thursday gets lost up in Turkey and football so many times. Lots of people will not be gathering in big families today at Thanksgiving because of the the call about don't get into too big of gatherings. But Thanksgiving does not depend... On us doing traditions, thanksgiving depends on our relationship with God. And we can be thankful in any situation. So I just challenge you, whoever's a real blessing to you. Now, I do have three other things I want to say to you, and I'm going to try to do them quickly and stay on time from our passage from Philippians 4. And that is the activity of thankfulness. I've introduced that to you. It says in verse 4, where we read and stood a few moments ago, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Paul started his book, as many others, and he said in the first words, he said, I'm thankful for all of you. And now he's saying to be thankful always as a pattern of life. Are you that kind of person? Are you thankful for that? You know, it's a matter of choice. I think we choose to be thankful. Because being ungrateful is is much more easy for us in this world today. I think we need to seek in what's good and positive before we see what is negative. That's a good life discipline. It's a matter of choice. And I love that word always. We should be rejoicing over our blessings that God has given. We should be thanking God for the blessing of people He's given to us that bless our lives. We should be thankful to God because he's given us a secure eternity. We have much to be thankful for. And look at verse 5, the first part. He says, let your gentle spirit be known to all people. There's the sign of a thankful person. They're gentle with their words. They're gentle with their attitude. They're gentle with their treatment of others. No, that doesn't mean weak. It means gentle. And that's what we can do. If we're gentle, it will be known among other people. That's what Jesus brought to us. Jesus was gentle, but was Jesus weak? What's the answer to that? Was Jesus weak because he was gentle? 
No, he's the strongest person who ever lived. I love what it says in Isaiah 42. In Isaiah 42, verses 1 and 3, a prophecy long before Jesus came. It says, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. A, A bent reed he will not break off. And a dimly burning wick he will not extinguish. He will faithfully bring forth justice. That was a prophecy, a prophecy about the Messiah. In Matthew 20, 12, verses 20 and 21, Jesus quoted those verses of himself. And he gently went to the cross, not fighting it, but knowing it was important for us. And now, I know, especially those of you that are here in the early service, you get up early and you probably have a good, wonderful, quiet time with God if you don't know, I, I like to use a teaching moment. In, in my Bible, which is a New American Standard Version, whenever there is a quotation from the Old Testament, it's in capital letters. They're smaller than normal, but they're capital letters, and that lets me know when I read that passage, it's already been in the Bible. And I can use my study Bibles and my materials at home, and I can go look up the original passage and see what it's saying. Remember that. Whenever you read a passage like Jesus speaking here, it's in capital letters. And that's a good thing for us to do. What does it tell me in that passage in Jesus' fulfillment? Jesus came for all people, not just the Jewish people, but Jews and Gentiles. Jesus came to bring us hope for eternity. And we should be thankful every day for what he has brought into our lives. Because thankfulness honors God and it keeps the darkened thoughts away. And that's what we need. And how can we do it? How can we do it in the world know that we're thankful people? By having that gentle spirit. And what is that gentle spirit? It's when we demonstrate daily the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and what's the last one? Self-control. When we do those things, we're gentle people. And that shows the world that we're thankful for what God has done. We become the salt and the light. We become dispensers of Jesus Christ and the living water and thankfulness and joy. So what advice does he give us in verse 6? He teaches us to trust and appreciate God in all situations. He says, don't be anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer and pleading with thanksgiving and your, let your requests be made known to God. Jesus said, I'm with you. I'll carry the yoke with you. I'm with you till the end of the age. You're not alone. He promised us that. So we can live without that heavy burden. He will help us carry it. He is our shepherd And our shepherd loves us, each and every one. So we should be thankful that God has forgiven the sins of our past. We should be thankful that God is present in our lives right now. We should be thankful that God has promised to guide us into the future and eventually take us home. Because God's love is what brings us the best. So I think that every prayer you and I pray should be a prayer of thanksgiving. Now, we can ask our requests and all the hurts. I think every prayer should include thanksgiving. I think every prayer should include thanksgiving. 
I think every prayer meeting at church or anywhere else should include thanksgiving as well as always asking God to do things for us. I know with my children, I really liked it when my children came up and just wanted to spend some time with me and they didn't want me to open my billfold. Any, any of you know that experience? You want someone to be with you, not because of what you can give them, because they want to be with you. We should want to be with our God and be thankful that we are. We need to do it. Why? Now, if you're a note taker, don't miss this verse, okay? John 1.16. John 1.16. This one just knocked me down when I was preparing this message. I've read it hundreds of times. It says, speaking of Jesus, for of his Christ's fullness, we have all received, why we should be thankful, we have all received, and grace upon grace. It's repeated. It's not just we've received his grace, but grace upon grace. That's something to be thankful for. He doesn't give us what we deserve. He gives us what we need, and that's His presence in our lives. That's a reason to be thankful. That should be our life pattern, not just at Thanksgiving, not just this month. Just to uh, mention a few verses here for you if you want to keep them for the future. Psalms thirty twelve means we should be vocal in our thankfulness. He says that my soul may sing praise to you. Wow, did you hear that? Those of you in the choir that I may sing, you guys did this morning. It says, that I may sing praise to you and not be silent. Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. That should be it. Psalm 1849, here's one. Here's one for all those of you who love missions. It says, therefore I will give thanks to you among the nations, Lord, and I will sing praises to your name. Psalm 35 is for us when we're in church, here or somewhere else. It says, I will give thanks in the great congregation. I will praise you among a mighty people. And Psalm 50, 14, did you know that that thankfulness is a form of sacrifice? He says, offer God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. If you've received the blessings of God, and you've promised God something because He has blessed you and you're thankful, then He says, keep your vows. Now, this would be a great place, if I were so of a mind to, to launch into a stewardship sermon. Can you see it? Keep your vows. But here's my policy, and it's what I did all the years I was a pastor. I have a firm belief I have a firm belief that I don't have to hit you over the head and use the tithing word about doing what's right. All I have to say to you is from the word of God, if your heart is right with God, you'll do whatever God wants you to do. And I'll let him move you to what you should do with your time, with your attitude, with your pocketbook. He says, be thankful and keep your vows because God has kept his to give you eternal life. Is that enough on that? Do we all get the point that is there? Psalm 86, 12 expresses how deep your thankfulness should go to God. 
It says, I will give thanks to you, Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify your name forever. All your heart. Give it all. And here's one I think, um, I think our church staff would like everyone to hear, and I know I would. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. And his courtyards with praise, give thanks to him, bless his name. I think when we walk in those doors, there should already be singing and praise in our hearts and on our lips and not expect it to be manufactured in the worship service. Am I right? We don't come here to get praise built up in us. Yes, we come here to get strength and praise God and learn and humble ourselves. I think we should prepare for the praise before we ever get to church. And when we do, we position ourselves to learn more. Oh, there's so much more, so many more verses, but time just doesn't let me share them with you. You can find them. Just look up thanks in your concordance in the back of your Bible and look for those verses. The second point I'm going to say, we have a a motivation for thankfulness that's here that we could easily overlook. It's in verse 5. He says, let your gentle spirit be known to all people. We just read that. The Lord is near. What does that mean? Have you thought about it? The Lord is near. I think it means He's present right now through His Holy Spirit. He's near to you. He's close to you. You're never alone. His Spirit is there to help you, to guide you. And as I said in the middle of the night, He listens to your request right now, immediate time at this point. You can't surprise Him in any way. Because it also says to me that not only is he near, but he's so close, he knows everything about you. As the Bible says, he knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows when a sparrow falls to the ground. He knows your thoughts before you have them and your words before you say say them. He knows. You can't fool him. That's why judgment is like a court of law. And the judge already knows whether the person is sinful and guilty or innocent. But it also says to me, when it says he is near, in an eschatological term, he is coming again, and it may be very soon. It just may be very soon, and I think we should be ready for when it is. The Lord is near, and because he's near, because he's close to you, because he's within you, isn't that reason for thanks? Every day we should be says in Psalm 7, 17, I will give thanks to the Lord according to his righteousness, and I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. Our motivation is because he's righteous, and we can trust him. In Psalm 26, 7, it says that I may proclaim with the voice of thanksgiving and declare all your wonders. We should be thankful because of the wonderful things God is and the things he has done. This very world shows us that. I'll tell you another reason we should be motivated. It says in Psalm 106.1, Praise the Lord, O give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy is everlasting. Now, I basically am known as a patient person. I really am. But there's a limit to my patience. There is a limit to my good nature. I won't go farther than that. Some of you know. But God is limitless in His patience with us and His love for us. 
I love that one, that his mercy is everlasting. You know, another reason we should be thankful today, it's Psalm 118.21. Psalm 118.21. He says, I will give thanks to you for you've answered me and you have become my salvation. God is our salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. In Psalm 119.62, we should be thankful because his judgments are righteous. And in the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians 15.57, he says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We're not on the short end of the stick in life. We're on the winning team. We're with God, and he will bring all things together. He will reveal all things in time. We have much of a reason to be thankful for. And then the final point. What are the results if you're thankful? What do you really want in your life and your spirit right now? As we say with the questions about the world and politics and a disease, what do you want? Look again at verse 7 here in Philippians 4. Can you spot it? And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You have someone standing at the guard of your heart, and it's God and His Holy Spirit. And Jesus promised us a peace. He said in John fourteen twenty seven, Peace I leave with you. My peace, not just world peace. All those Miss America pageants, all those times, and they'd ask them, what do you want more than anything? I want world peace. Well, the world peace they're talking about is not going to happen. But the peace of God, world peace, can happen one heart at a time in each one of us. Because he said, my peace I give to you. My peace, not as the world gives to you, do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or fearful. He is, in this passage, as I studied it, like a soldier standing guard of your heart. He's the watchman. He's the shepherd at the gate of the sheepfold. He's with you. He is near. And he has a peace to give to us no matter what our human situation is. This world can't produce that. Good ideas can't produce the peace. Only a relationship with God. I like what it says about how much of a witness we can be through the peace we have. In First Second Corinthians 9.12, it says, For the ministry of this service is not fully supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing through many thanksgivings to God. When we know the peace of God, we're thankful, and it shows up in everything we do. Second Corinthians 4.15 says this too. It says, for all things are for your sakes that God has done, so that grace, having spread to more and more people, will cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. When our church goes on mission, and I look forward to when we can really be out there doing those things again, we're taking the peace of God to people who don't know it. And as we take the peace to people who don't know it, we're also showing them how to be thankful that God loves them. I like what it says. In Second Thessalonians 1.3, for us right here, Second Thessalonians 1.3, we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters, as is only fitting because your faith is increasing abundantly and the love each 
and every one of you toward one another grows ever stronger. That's what I've wanted to say all month. How do we prepare for our next pastor? By letting our love for one another form a bond this world cannot break. We are God's people. We are First Baptist Church Belton. That's us. I say let's stand together in our prayer. Let's stand together in a thankful heart that God has brought us here, that he has got the last two pastors he had in this church were here so long and led so beautifully. Don't we want the same thing in the future? Then let's prepare ourselves for the person God is preparing for us. Let's be thankful for that power, as it says in Ephesians 3.20, that is working within us. And then 1 Thessalonians 5.18, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, I think maybe you've heard this before. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks if you're in the midst of COVID. Give thanks if you're in the car, in the car wash and the window slides down. Give thanks to the God who has saved your soul. And he's there today, every day. Today, this week, the rest of your life, be thankful, be gentle, be God's people. Now, will you bow with me as we pray? Thank you, our Father, for the opportunity to preach on Thanksgiving. And I pray that we are people of thankfulness, that we will allow you to fill us with your peace. We'll allow you to change us into kindness and gentleness and to produce that fruit of the Spirit in our lives, wherever we are and whatever we're doing. Our Father, this is a time of thanksgiving because we know that no matter what happens in this world, you're coming back to your Son. And you will draw us to you and you will take us to eternity. And then we can praise you and thank you for the rest of of existence. So thank you for this morning. And our Father, if there's someone here who does not know that thankfulness, does not know that peace, we'll give them the courage to step out, to come forward and, and make a decision or do it right where they are. But first of all, I ask our Father that every one of us in the sound of my voice, whether here or live streaming, will desire to accept your peace, your salvation through Jesus, and no thanksgiving. In Jesus' most holy name I pray, amen. Let's stand together for our time of invitation. Thank you for listening. Please feel free to call the church at 254-939-0705 if you need prayer or if you just want to talk to somebody. We're here to listen. If you would like more information, visit our church website at www.fbcbelton.org. We're located at 506 North Main in Belton, Texas, and would love to see you soon.